Brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 149 of the CRW Podcast, our Kansas State Preview and Predictions Edition. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, and we're going to dive in on the Mountaineers matchup with the Wildcats here in the 11th game of the WVU football season, the penultimate game of the 2022 season, if you will. Going to be senior day for the Mountaineers as four and six West Virginia, who is now two and five in conference, takes on Kansas State, who is currently ranked 17th in the AP and 15th in the college football poll. They're seven and three, five and two in conference on the season, controlling their own destiny in order to reach the Big 12 championship game. Saturday, November 19th, kickoff coming at 2 p.m. It's going to be on ESPN Plus, and we'll dive in on the matchups there offensively, defensively, and get to our prediction as we get throughout this episode but before we get into all that of course let's kick it off the way we always like to here with a little bit of off-topic babble all right so off-topic babble here is our opening segment where we always like to dish on some things that are you know kind of off-topic from college football or at least off-topic from West Virginia for the most part anyways and as you guys know that follow the show and listen to the podcast here for me that's usually movies we didn't get to have a preview episode last week you know due to some extenuating circumstances but because of that you know didn't get to get into any off-topic babble because we didn't have the preview podcast obviously so I've got a couple weeks of things to catch you guys up on which means I've seen you know multiple new releases not as many as I'd like to still a few things I haven't got to see that I wanted to, but a few things that I did watch. Um, Don't Worry, Darling. Actually, I think it's streaming on HBO Max now, but Olivia Wilde's new movie, uh, she's directing that one. You know, got a pretty great cast in it. You know, Chris Pine, Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, I thought was awesome in the movie, but um, I don't want to say too much about it because it's one of those movies that kind of has a twist at the end. But um, if you're like me, maybe, you know, I figured out the twist pretty early and I knew, you know, what, what, kind of it was just didn't know like the finer details of it but to me what made the movie good still yet was despite the fact that I kind of figured out the twist um, early on I still wanted to know how do we get here and stuff and the movie still kept me engaged along the way and 
something that really stood out to me, I thought, was the score in it. The sound design of that movie was fantastic. Uh, whoever, you know, was the composer there, I didn't get a chance to look at it. But it looked, you know, it was really good. And it was really interesting movie, kind of a, you know, a thriller, if you will, uh, type movie, suspenseful movie. And I, and I enjoy that, you know, as you know. But um, I think from Olivia Wilde, you know, I really enjoyed Booksmart, you know, a comedy route that she went. And now seeing this Don't Worry Darling, I'm going to have to, you know, tune into whatever she does next now as, as a director after liking, you know, these first couple films I've seen from her. So I'll be on the lookout for that. I definitely watched that one. And then Weird, the Al Yankovic story um, released um, on streaming only. It's actually only available on the Roku channel right now. Currently, if you have a Roku device or a Roku TV which I do. So I seen that pop up and I was like, sure, I'll check it out. You got Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al Yankovic. Um, you know, Daniel Radcliffe fa famous from uh, Harry Potter fame. But the funny thing about the movie is, you know, Weird Al comes on and intros the movie and it's like, oh yeah, this is all totally real, completely true story. But of course it's not. And you kind of figure that out, you know, pretty quickly that everything's hyper, you know, fictionalized and just super made up and stuff, which I think is you know, not only lends itself to good comedy because the movie certainly is a comedy and, it, and it's funny for doing that, but it, it's also super fitting, I think, that, you know, Weird Al, a guy known, you know, for making parody songs, that his movie would be, you know, almost a parody, you know, in itself as well, you know, just a made up story about his life, a fictionalized story about his life. But it was, uh, it's pretty funny and it's, it's, it's crazy. Some of the things that they do, it's, it's really, I was like, wow, this is, this is so random and wild, but because of that, it's super entertaining. So I enjoyed that. And then uh, most recently, a couple days ago, went to the theater, me and my fiance to catch Black Panther, Wakanda forever, the sequel to the first Black Panther film. And it was a, uh, very good you know I, I will say that it was well done i thought personally um you know not it doesn't hold up to the first film to me i don't think personally um i think my fiance said she may have enjoyed it even more but uh to me it's not it's missing a little bit of action you know there's some parts in it that are really so the movie's almost three hours i thought that you could have cut out 20 30 minutes but that's just my you know my personal taste i think that with a lot of movies you know lengthwise that there's certain things i could see that i would have took out you know take out you know 10 minutes here 10 minutes there make the runtime a little bit shorter personally but overall i really did enjoy the movie but you know she my fiance also pointed out to me that it's kind of fitting that it's not as action oriented with, you know, the more somber tone that they're going for with some of the subject matter that they're talking about, which, as I'm sure most of you all know, Chadwick Boseman, who played the Black Panther originally passed away due to cancer, you know, a couple of years ago. So, you know, in the sequel, rather than recast him, they also, you know, I'm sure if you've seen the trailer, spoiler alert, if you haven't, you know, skip forward the video about 30 seconds real quick, but they, you know, kill him off in the movie as well. And, you know, his character and say that he died and, you know, the Black Panther died there as well. So it's a super emotional movie because not only I think it would be emotional with them having done that without Chadwick Boseman's passing, but with his passing, you know, it's really almost like a tribute to him with that, but it comes with some sad moments. So bring your tissues to that one if you're going to check out Black Panther, but I really enjoyed that. So that's kind of the three new releases I've got to talk, uh, you know, got to check out. There's still a few more I want to check out, you know, Black Adam. I still haven't got a chance to see that. Definitely planning on that. I'm a huge DC fan, huge comic book guys. You all know if you follow the show. And then, uh, you know, it's Christmas season coming around the corner, so some Christmas movies are coming out. Just if you guys don't know, I think later this week on HBO Max, if you're a fan of a Christmas story, They've got a, a sequel, A Christmas Story Christmas, I believe is what it's called. But the guy that played, you know, Ralphie in the original Christmas story is coming back and he's playing the father of the family this time. So that's coming out. And then 
Uh, Tim Allen, Santa Claus, if you're a fan of those movies on Disney Plus, they got a series coming out streaming, a sequel to that. It's going to be multiple episodes called The Santa Claus is where they got him and a lot of the other cast back for that. As far as off-topic babble goes, I may be talking about some Christmas movies moving forward, but call some new releases this week. Um, let me guys, let me know in the comments, you guys, if you guys called any of those, what you guys thought or any movies you guys checked out or anything, you know, off-topic babble-wise, you guys like to talk about. You guys don't always have to comment about West Virginia stuff if you're into some of this off-topic babble. I like to talk about anything with you guys, as do the other ones that help run the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel and respond to comments there and, and everything. We really appreciate you guys um, doing that. But having said that, I guess that'll wrap us up for the off-topic babble segment here on Season 5, Episode 149. Let's move on to some Mountaineer football news. <laughs> Man, you guys, Mountaineer football news this week. I just really don't know what we've got to talk about. Do you guys? Could you guys think of anything at all that we have to talk about in Mountaineer football news this week? Oh, man, beats me. <laughs> no, I joke just because in case you've been living under a rock, some pretty huge, you know, WVU, not only WVU football news, but I guess WVU sports news in general, you could classify this under, but the big piece of news, of course, Shane Lyons out as West Virginia athletic director. They wanted to move in a different direction, asked him to take a different position within the university. He denied, so he is out completely. Rob Alsop, who is, you know, one of Gordon Gee's kind of right-hand men there within the athletic department or within the university, I guess I should say, um, named interim athletic director. They are expecting to try and get a new hire in place, a full-time hire in three to four weeks. Alsop said he's not going to be a candidate for the position. They have employed search for search firm Turnkey ZRG to help them uh, with the search to try and find the new athletic director. Um, they did comment as far as, you know, speculation among the coaching staff. I know that's one thing everybody has talked about throughout the season. And then, of course, with the movement of the athletic director coming, that's going to pop up as a talking point as well. But they did say Neil Brown is safe for the, you know, the remainder of the season. So we will see him coach these final two games. And then they said once the new athletic director is hired, a evaluation of the football program will be conducted and they will see in which direction they will move on from that point. So Neil Brown will be the coach for the remainder of this season, try and get a new athletic director hired in the next three to four weeks, which the football season, you know, that kind of coincides with the end of the football season. So going to be an interesting few weeks throughout Mountaineer Nation, seeing how this progresses, not only with who West Virginia goes after as an athletic director, but what happens with the coaching staff situation once that hire is made. I think if that hire is made quickly, you're probably going to see a new coaching staff on the on the field next season in 2023, in my personal opinion. If they're trying to make this athletic director hire as quickly as possible, uh, National Sign of Day is December 21st. Ideally, if you're going to make those type of changes, you would love to have the AD and the coach in place before then, but you got to at least have the AD in place before then. So if they hit that three- to four-week time frame, I think chances are, in my personal opinion, the speculation now that Neil Brown will be on his way out as well. But as far as athletic director candidates, there's been a lot of names thrown around. My personal favorite, who I hope the top target is, and they go after hard, Rob Mullins from Oregon. Um, he's, you know, West Virginia native, been in Oregon for a long time. He turned them down in 2015 when and they ended up ultimately hiring Shane Lyons. But who knows, maybe he's changed his mind now and is ready to come home. I think people have brought up Kelly Zinn, who's now at LSU. She was, you know, associate AD here at West Virginia for a long time under Shane Lyons. 
Um, I'm a little bit more leery of that one just because I think he, she was the one running a lot of the operations for Shane Lyons, allegedly. And I've even heard, you know, through some people, um, you know, a friend of ours as well, that she was maybe even the one that gave Neil Brown that contract extension that, of course, was ultimately the nail in Shane Lyons' coffin. So I'm not too sure about that. Whit Babcock at Virginia Tech has also been brought up as a possibility. I'm not too keen on that one as well. His, you know, football coaching hires questionable at best right so i don't know about that as far as that aspect mullen's definitely my favorite of those three candidates i believe there's another man named kevin miller who's at georgia who's been brought up um and then there was another man whose name slips me um our friend coos over at coos's corner did a great video on it detailing um athletic director candidates hop over to his youtube channel and check out that video if you listen on the audio side hop on the youtube side not only subscribe to Country Roads Webcast, but check out Coos's Corner for some great Mountaineer football content. But he did a great video detailing some candidates. I'm planning to you know, do some more videos moving forward in the future here on our YouTube channel. We've got a couple up as well. You can check out for more ex- extensive thoughts on the athletic director situation and what may happen moving forward. But other than that, in Mountaineer news, that's, of course, the one big piece of news. But James Gemitter has also announced his retirement from football. We know he's been away from the Mountaineer football program for the past you know, few weeks dealing with injuries and personal losses in his personal life. Uh, Thomas Rimack has filled in there at the left guard position and performed admirably, but James Gemitter retiring from football despite having a couple years of eligibility left. Garrett Green was honored as Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week for his performance in the win over Oklahoma, as was Casey Legg honored as Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week. So the Mountaineers earning two Big 12 Player of the Week honors following the victory over Oklahoma. That's big. And then we'll turn the calendar to this week, where, as I said earlier, it will be senior day for the Mountaineers in this game against Kansas State. Final home game of the season for the Mountaineers, last game in Morgantown in the 2022 WVU football season. So with it being senior day, I'll take a second to honor some of these West Virginia football seniors. They do not have a lot this season, actually. I think I counted earlier. I believe they're there's only 11 seniors on the West Virginia football roster this season. And um, as far as some of them may be able to return, yes. Uh, but Neil Brown said his strategy to that is, you know, if you don't know, just go ahead and walk anyway. So I assume that all 11 of these guys will probably walk on senior day, despite the fact that some of them have the ability to return if they would like to do so. All right. So starting right here with the preferred walk-on quarterback, the Mountaineers added from the Juco ranks a couple years ago from Lackawanna Junior College there. As you see in the bio, Matt Cavallaro, senior quarterback, and that's another one that will have the ability to return if he'd like to utilize that year, as will the next one we'll talk about here, who is also a preferred walk-on, really a heavy contributor for the Mountaineers on special teams, state native from Moorfield, West Virginia originally. I believe he served in the Armed Forces, then came back, and I believe he's a little bit older, so who knows if he'll choose to come back. He may go ahead and move on, but that's Will Schoonover. Um, there's another senior for the Mountaineers, a linebacker on the roster. And then you got Eggsry Lowe. Redshirt senior, heavy contributor for the Mountaineers, you know, came initially as a safety all those years ago, transferred, transitioned over to linebacker not long thereafter and has been a mainstay in the linebacking core through two coaching staffs, really, and I think has become a heavy contributor this season late, moving into the starting role about midseason and has looked good in doing so and, you know, played a lot of snaps for the Mountaineers throughout his career, originally from the Pennsylvania there area there to see Johnstown, Pennsylvania. But he has the ability to return if he would like, but I'm sure he will walk. Uh, Megs Reload, number six, linebacker. And then you got Wesley McCormick transferred into the Mountaineer football program this season from James Madison playing the cornerback position. Has seen extensive play in time there, a starter on and off for the Mountaineers. 
and he has the ability to return if he'd like, but we will see him walk on senior day and then find his plans out about that further on down the road. Taj Austin, same story as well, has the ability to return if he'd like. He's a guy that's had, you know, a bit of an injury-riddled career, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I think he even started his career at East Carolina, then went to a JUCO before coming to the Mountaineers there. You see Kapaya Lincoln Community College, originally from the North Carolina area. But uh, up and down career, even at West Virginia, you know, suffered injuries here, finally got healthy this season, loses his starting job to Sean Martin, who's really emerged as a big-time player but I think has had a great career, and even despite losing his job, has really split snaps with Sean Martin and made plays specifically in the latter portion of the season this year, getting sacks in a lot of games. And I think he's a guy that if he comes back could really be a heavy contributor for the Mountaineers again next season and may end up a starter again. Then you got Parker Grothaus, who transferred in for the Mountaineers this offseason from Florida State, a redshirt senior originally from Ohio, Really has been the kickoff specialist for the Mountaineers this season. If they, you know, ever choose to kick any long distance field goals, the rumor is, you know, 50 plus, it'll be Grothaus out there kicking it. Uh, but he's done a good job, you know, putting the ball into the end zone. And the Mountaineers have had more touchbacks this season than they have, you know, in the past couple seasons, it seems like. So he's done a good job there. We'll see if he chooses to come back or not. And then the final player that has a chance to return if he chooses to do so and utilize those COVID seasons. And you see, all these players are redshirt seniors that I'm talking about here. So normally they would be gone, but they can utilize a COVID year if they'd like and come back for a fifth year, which you can see on the screen. We're going to get into a few players that are utilizing that fifth year at West Virginia already. But Brian Palindi, another transfer for the Mountaineers that they brought in from Colorado State this offseason, a tight end who has been featured heavily all season long, especially since the injury to Michael Laughlin been the number one tight end for the Mountaineers, and he's been a great hand in the run game, really helping, you know, especially last week in the win over Oklahoma. I mentioned that in our, you know, review show. West Virginia went 12 personnel a lot in that game, and Traylon Davis and Palindi really helped the run game. But another senior, a redshirt senior that has a chance to come back, but we will see him walk in the game against Kansas State. And then you got your fifth-year players here. Rashad Ajayi also transferred in, also from Colorado State for the Mountaineers. Been a starting cornerback on and off this season for the Mountaineers. Really helped the secondary that was in desperate need of players. Jasir Cox, who transferred in from North Dakota State from the FCS ranks. And I think what he's done here, especially in the latter portion of the season, may have played himself, you know, the ability to get onto a um, – an NFL roster, who knows? We'll see what happens with that moving forward. He's bounced back between the spear position and the wheel linebacker position. Listed here on the roster is the spear, as you see, because that's what he was recruited to be. Played the wheel linebacker position for a lot of the season, but last week they moved him back to the spear, and I thought he really shined there, shutting down the screen game and a lot of the outside things on the perimeter that Oklahoma was trying to do. We saw him all over the place and led the Mountaineers to tackles with that one in 12. He will walk this Saturday on senior day. And then, of course, Charles Woods is going to walk, and he is the one fifth-year player that actually could come back for the Mountaineers. He's played in under four games this season, can utilize a red shirt, apparently, and could come back. That's what the rumor is that I've heard. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know if it would be a medical red shirt, though, if it would have to be since he's you know utilizing his COVID year. We'll see what, how that plays out, but I'm sure he will walk, and we'll see what happens moving forward because Charles Woods is definitely a guy that I think could play in the NFL came to the Mountaineers from the FCS ranks as a transfer last season, really started to shine and was going to be one of the top players in the conference and maybe one of the top corners in the country before his injury. You know, a few series into the pit game that's really held him out all season pretty much. 
But if he chooses to come back, that can improve his stock. But if he, you know, thinks he can get a look now and get onto a roster now, he may go. But we'll see him walk on Saturday. And then, of course, moving on, a player that walked last year, you know, Neil Brown joked when he mentioned everybody's going to walk. Dante Stills is going to walk twice, maybe the first player in WVU history to do that, walk twice on senior day. But nonetheless, we're glad that we get to see him walk twice. So thankful for him for coming back for this season. Hate you know that it wasn't a better six season overall, successful season overall for West Virginia, but I think Dante Steele's has really improved his draft stock this year with what he's done. He's been one of the highest graded players on PFF almost every week for the Mountaineer defense. He's became the tackles career tackles for loss leader for West Virginia, the career leader in games played. And so you can't say enough about what the Fairmont native did staying home with the in-state university and what the Steele's family has done in general at West Virginia. It's going to be Sad to see him walk, you know, kind of bittersweet on senior day, but thankful for the career he's had at West Virginia. So definitely just wanted to take a second there and recognize the 11 Mountaineer seniors that you will probably see walk this Saturday in the game against Kansas State on senior day. That being said, let's get into a little bit more about the matchup specifically with our preview of the upcoming game this Saturday against the Wildcats. <laughs> All right, so as I stated in the beginning of the episode, West Virginia taking on 15th-rate Kansas State if you're looking in the college football playoff poll. I believe they're 17th in the AP poll. Going to be on ESPN Plus Saturday, 2 p.m. Kansas State currently favored by 7.5 points at the time of this recording. Let's talk a little bit about the West Virginia offense. I think that's what we want to lead off with in this game, and then we'll get into the defensive discussion here in a minute. But you're taking on a Kansas State defense. You know, that's very sound in what they try and do. They've got good players on that front. Uh, specifically the defensive end, um, Ozama. can't pronounce his full name. I don't, you know, right off the top of my head, but really a strong player and has been for a couple years for them on that defense. And they just do good things and they're fundamentally sound and they're, you know, not going to let you big play them usually for the most part. And they've in recent weeks really done some good things, you know, on that defense. Specifically, if, when you look in conference play, they held Iowa State to nine points, shut out Oklahoma State with a 48 to nothing win. And then, of course, last week, most impressively, perhaps, a Baylor team that really looked like they had been hitting their stride. They hold them to three points in a 31-3 to victory. And this is a Kansas State team, you know, that's really hungry to get to a Big 12, you know, championship game. They went out, they're in there, and going to play TCU in the Big 12 Conference Championship game as the, they're currently the number two team in the conference. So you think their defense is going to come hungry against this Mountaineer offense for sure. But in turn with that, I think West Virginia hopefully is going to continue to be sparked by, you know, Garrett Green, who really raises the energy level of the team. Here's the thing is we're going to have to wait and see who starts for the Mountaineers. Not ruling out JT Daniels as a possibility. I don't see how you can't go with Garrett Green, but this coaching staff has shown us, you know, time and time again in the past, they're willing to really stick by their guns with who they want to be their starting quarterback. So I would not be surprised at all to see JT Daniels start the game for the Mountaineers. But I think we'll see Garrett Green extensively, regardless one way or the other. Hoping to, that he gets to, we get to see him start and play a full game. But I think that will really help the Mountaineers, and they're going to need that spark, I think, because, you know, the team's injury riddled. We've seen Justin Johnson have fumble struggles in the past couple weeks that he's never had before. I think he's banged up. We know Tony Mathis has the elbow injury that most people probably wouldn't have even returned from. C.J. Donaldson out for the season. Other than that, you got the redshirt freshman Jalen Anderson. Good to see him getting experience in the backfield. So Garrett Green really adds something to the run game, which is something you really need. Right now, I think if you're West Virginia and you want to have a chance to win this game, you're going to have to utilize that running game in this game. But the West Virginia receivers have stepped up when in Garrett Green's been playing. Uh, Bryce Ford-Wheaton, Prather, Sam James, all of you know looked 
played some of their best football in the past couple of weeks, I guess you could say. And I would love to see more of the JUCO guys, Jeremiah Aaron and Cortez Braham, you know, get a little bit more action as well. Other than that, you got to have the tight end show up and have, you know, a strong game, of course, along with the offensive line. But I don't really harp on them too much because they have been solid throughout the season. And I almost to the point where it's kind of expected they're going to do their job for the most part, even with the replacements they have in there. Thomas Rimmick at left guard and, you know, sometimes Jordan White even has been filling in a right guard and then the other two battling at right tackle still with Hubbard and Yates. But the offensive line being solid as it has, it's the tight end position you got to look to, especially when you're talking about the West Virginia run game when you lose a guy like Ma- Mike Laughlin early in the season. But last game, the West Virginia tight ends really had their best game. I thought Traylon Davis, the redshirt freshman, for sure had the best game of his Mountaineer career, playing the most snaps of his Mountaineer career up to this point, over 30 snaps in that game. West Virginia went 12 personnel a lot, playing both those guys at the same time you know, two tight ends there, and even 22 personnel at times, but mainly a lot of 12 personnel, you know, pistol sets and stuff like that. So I think if green plays, we'll see more of that, and you're going to have to have another great performance out of those tight ends for West Virginia to have success against this Kansas State defense. But Kansas State also is going to be prepared for, you know, the West Virginia run game. So I think you ran the ball 53 times against Oklahoma. I don't think you're going to be able to do that against this Kansas State defense that, you know, going to be looking to stop that running game and stop Garrett Green. I think this is a game where Garrett Green's going to have to use his arm a little bit more, and we're going to have to really see what he can do passing-wise for West Virginia to be able to have a chance in this one. I think it's going to have to be a little bit more balanced. I know we saw perfect balance, obviously, numbers-wise, 203 passing, 203 rushing against Oklahoma. But, you know, Garrett Green wasn't all of that. JT Daniels did put up some of those numbers before he came in. Um, Garrett Green, we know his passing game's been a bit of a mixed bag, particularly when he has to sit in that pocket. So uh, we're going to need him to step up there for West Virginia to have a chance in this game offensively, I feel like. And that's just kind of my thoughts on the West Virginia matchup offensively versus Kansas State defense. Flip it over and, and let's talk about the other side a little bit about this West Virginia defense defense who had you know been much maligned earlier in the season taking on a Kansas State offense that I think has a quarterback taken over that they've wanted to see take over kind of much like JT Daniels has struggled in the past couple of weeks West Virginia fans kind of been calling for Garrett Green finally got to see it a little bit last game hoping to get to see him start this game Kansas State has kind of felt similarly about Howard ever since he played against Oklahoma State, you know, in that big 48 to nothing win back on October 29th. You know, in that game, he was 21 of 37, 296 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. So finally, against Baylor, he comes in and plays extensively um, this past week, you know, and it's a 31 to three win for him. 19 of 27, 196 yards, 70% completion rate, three more touchdowns. So the past two games that he's played, the Kansas State passing offense, from what I can tell from their size, really looked almost completely different. And it's, you know, he's making plays that Adrian Martinez hasn't made, you know, including throwing guys open, you know, things like that. And, you know, in those past two games, he's played seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Stark difference this season in the action that he's gotten, 717 yards, nine TDs versus one interception, 92 quarterback rating and it's a stark difference from the will howard west virginia has seen because if you look back will howard's uh, west virginia started actually in morgantown uh two years ago for the uh during the COVID season and that will howard was you know a shell of the person that we're seeing today he went 19 to 37 184 
Cards in West Virginia forced him to throw three interceptions and, you know, a big win over a ranked Kansas State team at the time. A ranked Kansas State coming, team coming in quarterback by Will Howard. You won that game by, you know, 27 points that year. I don't think you're going to have that happen this year. you got to hope that you can just stay in this one and win it at the end, much like you did against Oklahoma, I think, would be more likely for West Virginia. But what I will say is that I think Will Howard is a much improved player, I think, the Kansas State offense, I would agree with their people, looks much better, runs more fluidly with him in there, particularly in the passing game. And I think with West Virginia's struggles, the one bad thing about Adrian Martinez being out for the Wildcats is that you are going to face Will Howard, who I think is more of a prototypical pocket passer. I'm not saying he can't hurt you with the legs as well. He can, but they did some more quarterback run game with Martinez and stuff. And West Virginia, we know that their weakness – has been, you know, the passing defense in the secondary. So facing Will Howard is not maybe the best situation matchup-wise for this West Virginia defense, and that's what concerns me about this game is Will Howard really hurting West Virginia in the passing game. Not to mention the fact if he does, then you got to deal with Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, one of the best running backs in the Big 12, a Big 12 that's just deep in running backs. I mean, just just let me name off these running backs for you, and I couldn't rank them from top top to bottom. We just saw Eric Gray run for 200 yards on West Virginia. We've seen what these other ones can do. But in the same conference, you've got Eric Gray, B. John Robinson, Deuce Vaughn. I know I'm probably you know leaving off somebody. Uh, yeah, Kendra Miller at TCU. You know, um, that's just off the top of my head. I couldn't even rank those four for you. But Deuce Vaughn's one of the top ones. And not only is he one of the top ones, it's really hard, just tough to stop him because he's stronger than he looks with his size and stature. He can run into, in between the tackles despite his size and stature. And in addition to that, they'll get the ball to him in a multitude of ways, including in the passing game where he can even line up as a wide receiver and runs fluent routes as a wide receiver and can run the whole route tree. So it's just a multitude of ways that Kansas State can hurt you offensively, and I think the offense has improved with Will Howard behind quarterback. So if I'm concerned about anything in this game, it's West Virginia's ability to stop the Kansas State offense. I think we're going to have to have the West Virginia defense force some turnovers get some sacks in this game and hopefully have the same success they could did on conversion downs against Oklahoma's for the Mountaineers to be able to against the Oklahoma Sooners rather let me say for the Mountaineers to be able to have a chance in this game ultimately and I think you know they held Oklahoma to one of 11 on third downs if they can do anything like that against Kansas State they're in good shape but if they can do half as good as that but add a, a turnover or two, then West Virginia may be in good shape to be able to have a chance in this game because, let's face it, it's at home, and the biggest advantages the Mountaineers have had has been playing at home this season. They've been almost a completely different team and a lot better at home. So, so that that's just kind of my preview of the matchups. Now let me dive in and give you guys my key to victory and my score prediction for the 11th game of the West Virginia football season. <laughs> All right, so key to victory and score prediction segment here, pretty self-explanatory, as you would expect. Going to provide my key to a West Virginia win in this one, and then, of course, my prediction as to if I think they'll be able to pull that off. And in this one, my key to victory, pretty simple. I mentioned it when I was talking about the defense going up against this Kansas State offense, and my key to victory is win the turnover battle. I think for West Virginia on offense, they've got to you know, play smart football, sound football, hopefully you know, be able to ball control a little bit. I think they'll maybe have to make – a few more plays in the passing game in this one, but most importantly, you got to protect the rock and not turn it over on offense. And in turn with that, I think the West Virginia defense, I mentioned my concern over the Kansas State passing offense with Will Howard and some of the playmakers that have a receiver, not to mention Deuce Vaughn getting involved there. I'm a little bit concerned about that uh, matchup with the injuries West Virginia has in what was already a struggling secondary. So I think in order to combat that, you have to 
force some turnovers in this one and hopefully have similar success on conversion downs. But if West Virginia can win the turnover battle, I think they've got a good chance to stay into this game until the bitter end, which I do predict that they will do. But ultimately, I think, you know, Kansas State makes a play late, maybe in that passing game that I'm concerned about. Maybe West Virginia has a breakdown and Kansas State is able to kick a game-winning field goal because, as I said earlier, the spread right now, Kansas State favored by 7.5. So I got the Mountaineers covering that spread, but Kansas State coming away late with a victory, ultimately 31-28. to But hopefully I'm wrong, and I think the Mountaineers got a chance here to win this game, win their final home game, give these seniors a win in their final home game at Mountaineer Field and go out on a high note, at least at home in the 2022 season, and hopefully stay alive for bowl eligibility for one more week. But we'll see what happens. That's my thoughts, my key to victory, and my score prediction for this one in the 11th game of the 2022 West Virginia football season. All right, so having said that, that will pretty much wrap us up here on Season 5, Episode 149 of the CRW Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in to this Kansas State Preview and Predictions episode, whether you're tuned in on the video side or on the audio side. As far as you guys on the video side, what you can find on our YouTube here, Country Roads Webcast, or on the WV Sports Now YouTube as we are a part of their podcast network there in the Sports Now family and networks. I'm really appreciative of them. Check them out at wvsportsnow.com for some really great Mountaineer sports content as well. But whether you're tuned in on their YouTube or our own, do us a favor before you head out. Scroll down real quick, hit that thumbs up button, give us that like on this video. That'll really help this video performance and future video performances here on the channel as well. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you're listening on the audio side, which you can find on any podcast platform you like, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating. That really helps. And if you're listening on any other podcast platform, share us around. That helps us as well as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. Having said that, we will have the Kansas State post-game show streaming live here on our YouTube, as well as, of course, the Voice of College football channel and the West Virginia Voice of College football channels there, as we have been all season and will be for this game and the final game against Oklahoma State as well. So be sure and check out those live post-game shows if you haven't yet, where you can hop in with us in a live chat and talk with us there post-game. And then plenty of other West Virginia content coming from us here at the Country Roads webcast, of course. If you listen to this in the audio side, be sure and hop over to the YouTube channel, especially right now with all the news that's breaking. We've got a ton of videos coming every day, basketball season going, football season going, so there'd be a lot of content already. But with the Shane Lines news and who knows what's coming up within the athletic department, it's really just a ton of content. So no better time to subscribe to the YouTube channel than now. But we really appreciate you guys tuning in on the audio side as well there in the podcast form here with our long form episodes that we bring you a couple times a week with our preview and reviews and having said that speaking of long form podcast episodes crw hoops episode two should be out here either later today or tomorrow as we try and release that ahead of friday's game going to try and preview that game for you guys so got that going as well so not only of course crw proper podcast here but crw hoops podcast rolling now as well so Multiple long-form episodes, multiple shorter-form things there on YouTube as well. Plenty of ways to get West Virginia sports content during a time where a lot of it is coming at you. So be sure and you're getting some of it from us here at the Country Roads Webcast, and we really appreciate you doing so. That's going to do it here for me on Season 5, Episode 149, our Kansas State Preview and Predictions episode. Be sure and tune into the game Saturday, November 19th, 2 p.m. kick. On ESPN Plus, hopefully we see the Mountaineers get their fifth win of the season on Senior Day and the final game in Morgantown in 2022. 
Having said that, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...